0: We're here at the Royal Australia New Zealand Congress for Ophthalmology 2017 right here in Perth and if you've ever heard of the flying doctors you might have also have heard of the chaplains in the high seas but have you ever heard of an ophthalmologist on 18 wheels? Today I'm sitting down with a man who fits that bill perfectly and his name is Dr. Angus Turner and he's from the Lions Eye Institute and I'm sitting down in this Extraordinary vehicle, which is called the mobile clinic or Lions Outback Vision. Welcome to Just Why It Matters with Visibility Radio, Doctor Turner. Thank you very much, Kenneth. Well, okay, let's begin from the start. Um, how? Give us a bit of a history of how this all began.
1: Well, the Lions Outback Vision van that we're sitting on today is actually um, a. a or a big facility that's only been around for the last couple of years and um, we've been going out to the remote areas of Western Australia for many years but um, we were struggling to find the equipment standards in the bush um, up to scratch so we needed to ask the hospitals to buy us all sorts of bits of equipment and the bill was getting too much so in the end the sensible solution was to buy one good bit of kit and take it around all 19 hospitals.
0: And when you say buy, what kind of, what kind of a bill are we talking about to build this, this mobile clinic facility? Well, we were very grateful to some um,
1: sponsors, including um, Lottery West and the state government and something from the federal government too, um, to build it for about two million. The actual semi-trailer truck um, is about a million and then we had to fill it up with all the state-of-the-art
0: ophthalmology equipment Now, just to give our listeners a sense of the size of this vehicle, we're talking about something that's about 19 meters long?
1: Yeah, um, it definitely makes itself noticed when it comes into town. We have to find an appropriate place to park, and then it's like a transformer. It starts to expand, and the pod pops out one side to allow an accessible passageway for wheelchairs, and the other side a large awning lifts up and the entire span becomes seven meters. Wow and we're talking about
0: a height of about 4.2 meters not including the aerials that are set up when you are stationary.
1: That's right so it actually ends up um,
0: being something we
1: have to watch occasionally if you're going through a country town with some low-lying trees or aerials Um, so our driver Sharon has to be particularly conscious that we're a bit taller than your
0: average car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now I want to go back to you a bit about your vision, where do you see this vehicle moving in terms of solving some of the difficulties that are experienced by people out in the country?
1: Well we've been trying to evaluate uh, exactly how this van is having an effect and um, it's been good to see um, for example looking at the travel costs for patients. One of the main things we're trying to do is prevent patients having to travel to Perth um, for an assessment of their eyes and that's been working because if we look at the northwest of our state, 16% of our country patients live up there, um, but half of the travel bill for eye health comes from there. So we've actually um, noticed a significant dent in that and it's reduced the travel bill from that area. And in addition, we looked at a town called Derby. Um, you know, as the crow flies a couple of thousand kilometres away, um, that town has seen a doubling of the odds of attending an appointment, which is fantastic because it's such a big truck, everyone sees it. And secondly, and really interestingly, it's actually reduced the chance of having to leave home for an eye test by fourfold. So patients are really getting their equipment and state-of-the-art eye care
0: right in their hometown. Right. Now, how far south and how far north are we talking about when you're on the road?
1: Well, this facility
0: makes it around the whole state, um, right from
1: the Esperance Albany end of the Great Southern and Goldfields up to Kununurra in the
0: East Kimberley. Ooh. Uh, and the average time to f- complete one circuit?
1: Well, it really is a big state we've worked out, a lot of <laughs> kilometres. so. <laughs> Um, Essentially, it takes us um, about half of the year to travel around um, the full circuit and do the appropriate amount of work, and then we start again. And so twice a year, we get around the whole state. Mm. Um, Not quite enough, unfortunately, because although it's made a dent where we want to with the equipment, the treatment for some of the more common and growing problems, which are diabetic retinopathy and also macular degeneration these two conditions, many people in the city need a treatment every month and we're not getting to these towns every month and uh, the current model is very expensive to fly people around, um, both the team to travel up and the patient to travel down to Perth. It's actually not really working out um, that cost effectively so the next big project is we need to move our facility up into the northwest and be based there at least for the Pilbara Kimberley circuit. Right. So that sounds more like a permanent installation. That's right. I think we're going to have to um, show the government and explain to our donors that we we're ready for that population of a hundred thousand people to be up there, permanent residents in that country. <laughs> and um, but the Vision Van has a very uh, amazing service to provide, uh, particularly
0: in the meantime. Yeah. Now I want to go back to a little bit about um, your history. You started off with the design team, was this something that you envisioned as you got into the practice or was it something that's um, sort of crept up on you or jumped out at you?
1: Well um, you know it's seven years or so since I've been wandering around the bush and it used to be um, fine to turn up with your little suitcase and in it was a few a few lenses and we pull out the old slit lamp microscope from the cupboard, dust it off and go for it, but it just started to dawn on me more and more that it wasn't the same service as my patients in the city. And um, So I went to a conference actually in Japan and I saw all the things that I was wishing for and on the back of a notebook drew a little map to squash them into the most efficient space I could see. And uh, a builder in Queensland said, yeah, we can, we can put that together. Um, so with their engineering, they, they helped make it a
0: reality. So it all began with a conference and some scribbles and a notepad.
1: I think most ideas do come from a notepad scribble, so always doodle your ideas, I reckon.
0: <laughs> now, give us a sense of what happens in a typical um, scenario when you come into a town, you park, you get your equipment set up. Uh, what happens from A to Z?
1: Well, we we do pull into town and um, spend a few hours opening this beast up and putting everything in its place because most things are tied down very securely. Um, And then the patients start rolling up and we see um, patients depending on the size of the town for quite a few days. Um, It's a specialist truck so it's got a lot of equipment that we need the patients to be referred by the local visiting optometrist or um, the GP in town. So essentially, like anywhere with a specialist, um, it helps to have the primary eye care reviewed already by the doctor or the optometrist, and we work very closely with them to refer the patients in. However, in some of the towns we visit, um, it's difficult for the patient to know who's who in the eye world, and so um, I think we need to stay around a bit longer um, and probably start to do some checks for glasses as well, um, especially in the towns of course that don't actually have an optometrist living there all the time.
0: Right. Now, how elaborate is one session with a, with a patient?
1: Well, we used to just walk in and see a patient for a short moment because we couldn't do much, testing-wise, but now it does take a lot longer, so the patients sometimes end up being on this truck for at least an hour, maybe two. Um, By the time they've had all the tests and moved between the various rooms. Um, So, yes, getting the patient flow right is actually one of the big tricks because not everyone turns up on time. They're normally either very early or very late.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, we're sitting in a treatment room and I'm told that certain types of procedures are conducted here. What sort of procedures? Are you equipped to handle?
1: Well, we've got a laser um, machine here that's got all sorts of lasers. Some of it's used for diabetes, sometimes for glaucoma. And um, another laser inside here is used for cleaning up the plastic lens in the eye after cataracts. Um, There's also a lovely fridge that keeps the the treatments at the perfect temperature because macular degeneration and uh, diabetes, we often have to put an injection in the eye. Um, Sounds terrible but it doesn't hurt because we make the eye numb with some drops.
0: Right. Um, How many patients have you seen in the time that you've been on the road? We've seen several thousand in this facility.
1: Um, Overall we see about 7,000 for the year but um, many of those patients don't actually need to see us on the vision van Um, so we see them on other trips. However, um, the more um, the merrier so we're going to try and get on the road longer next year. Mm. and I'm not sure how we're going to keep the team going but um, everyone's very dedicated to the cause and we have such an enthusiastic um, and you know, an amazing team really. Well, Talking about the team, who makes up this team? So on any given trip it'll involve often uh, our optometrist, um, it may involve um, the registrar and the, they call the person a fellow. Um, we've had lots of female fellows who um, are at the end of their training Almost ready to be an ophthalmologist, um, and then of course the consultant. Uh, we have um, our Sharon, um, who is our amazing driver, um, who's also a nurse and helps us in many ways on the van.
0: Right. Now, let's go back to the practicalities of the road trip. What do you do in terms of lodging and food and, you know, all the things that are essential to the average human being?
1: (laughs) Well, every town's different, of course. Some of them have a pretty good local pub, um, which gets a bit rowdy. But, um, no, my wife's actually a chef um, and a teacher. So she, I'm I'm very well catered for. We have a little camper van that travels around with this truck. Um, She's also able to go into the schools and do some lessons for the kids um, because essentially um, we are at the end of diabetes when it's quite bad as an eye doctor. But really, the preventative um, eye health, which means talking to kids and their families about food, healthy nutrition, I think she's having a much better impact than we are. Um, (laughs) But yeah, um, in general, we, we make use of the the hotels along the way and um, often prefer a team dinner together mm-hmm.
0: for communal eating. That's great. Now that works perfectly because I know the Lions Eye Institute does have its mantra as prevention, treatment and hopefully the elimination of blindness. Right, Yeah. so I think well, the prevention side of it is um, something we,
1: we need to really engage with the community about. You can't do it all yourself and as a specialist with your lasers you're busy in a dark room dealing with the end stage Mm. But actually, preventing these things means engaging with the Aboriginal health workers and the community clinics, right. getting the awareness for the patients out there. We have lots of excellent um, cartoons with one of our patients made made an amazing story for right. us. Um, and we have to engage with the local optometrists and GPs. Mm. Everyone's got a role to play when it comes to prevention.
0: So you're actually really talking about an ecology of health professionals who make that I suppose, work out the, the whole effort, isn't it? Yeah, I mean,
1: you're right. Uh, anything worthwhile, I think, involves um, engagement with the team. And um, no, no one cog in the, in the engine is going to actually do the full job. So we're grateful that in West Australia, um, it really feels like we're on the same page. We have the same mission. Uh, we want to prevent um, blindness and we want to treat those who have um, any conditions that are preventable or treatable.
0: Now, given the large expense of our stay, do you think there's space and um, it warrants a second vehicle of this nature?
1: Well, I guess um, it would be lovely to have two vans running around the bush uh, or driving, but actually um, I think our next project is focused on building a hub in the northwest. uh, Based in the middle of that would be Broome, where there are quite a few medical facilities, and then flying out uh, once a week to the communities such as Caratha, Headland and to the East Kimberley, the hub and spoke model makes sense when it comes to a frequency that's required for our treatment. So I would love to see that happen and then potentially this van would have a uh, a new role to play, which would be the gold fields and the Midwest and, you know, we'd have a smaller patch. Because West Australia is like Western Europe. It's a huge piece of land.
0: Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Now, at the School event here, you presented um, in one of the sessions. What was the um, the emphasis or focus of your presentation?
1: Well, I've actually been roped into a few things, and one of them yesterday was talking about uh, cataract surgery. And we've we've had some wins. We've had some ways of getting patients seen uh, more effectively, and we're all working to close that gap when it comes to Indigenous eye health. Um, our Aboriginal people have. Um, difficulties accessing care often and have um, worse visual acuity and higher rates of blindness so the the session yesterday was really how do we tackle this and where next in the future mm. um, and then we've been looking at um, other conditions such as today I've got a talk actually addressing some of the pitfalls and difficulties of having a vision van um, other states might want to do the same but you've got to go into it with your eyes wide open it's not all
0: um, Hunky dory. Yes, that's right, that's right. So you're basically presenting all these subject matters in the context of your experience of operating in the country and on the mobile facility? Yeah, and
1: also we have um, patients that often make it to the city. So we've been very fortunate to have an Aboriginal health worker dedicated to that pathway. And uh, she's based in the city um, and has made a huge difference to our work in the local urban clinics, because more Aboriginal people live in the cities than the bush, Mm. so we've got to remember that we're not just in the very remote areas, also right here on on our main street.
0: Well that sounds like another feather in the cap.
1: (laughs) It's a lot of work to do, I'll tell you, (laughs) but um, if it wasn't for the team we'd all be in strife, so I'm very grateful for those around me.
0: Well we're grateful for the work that you do and we're grateful for the fact that um, you're all driven and committed to this cause. Thank you so much, Kenneth. Lovely chatting t- to you today. We've been talking to Dr. Angus Turner from the Lions Eye Institute. And once again, he is part of the team that works out of the Outback Vision facility, which runs all across the state, north to south. Till we meet again, this is Kenneth Boa signing up. Thank you.